Hello and welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. We've been waiting for you. We pray this message inspires, encourages, and blesses you. Thanks for listening. Hello everybody. Um, For those of you that don't know me, my name is Victoria. It's actually... So good to be with you. I haven't shared in this way since I um, had my little girl, Camille, last June. So that's my first preach and um, starting it off with a bang, spilling water all over myself. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Happy New Year, if I didn't say it. Um, I went back to work on Tuesday. I was like one of those dogs on the lead, like, you know, where they pull you and you don't want to go. <laughs> and I was like reluctant tail wag, walked in. But um, it was good. It's good. Summer holidays are the best. And I hope you all have been having a good time. This morning, I want to start off with a story. Who likes stories? I want to start off with a story. This story comes with a disclaimer, which I'll share halfway through about whom this story is about. But um, I was walking my fox terrier, Duke, to a local park one day. I know. This is him at Christmas time this year, dressed like an elf. Um, I was walking him to a local park one day. My son, Theodore, was only uh, maybe two years old. He was on a tricycle. And we're walking to this park. Jesse wasn't yet home from work. It's about 5 p.m. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw this black, ominous figure down the end of the street. Upon further inspection, the black, ominous figure was, in fact, a German shepherd without an owner, no lead, no collar, and he was in attack position. I know enough about dogs to know what was going to happen next. His ears were back. His eyes were honed in on Duke. And as you can see, Duke is not bred for this kind of animal behaviour. <laughs> And um, before the German shepherd had even reached us, Duke had thrown himself on his back in in complete submission and the German shepherd, oh, it actually gets worse, the German shepherd was on top of him ripping out um, his fur and was going for his throat. Now, I was actually super proud of myself. I knew not to get involved. I was like, I'm not putting my hands in there. I have a son. Um, And Duke was my firstborn, so I'm obsessed with him. So it was traumatic, to say the least. Anyway, so I was like, if I just walk away calmly, like my dog trainer said, Duke should hopefully come with me. The dog will see we're not a threat. Nah, he was going for it. Then, out of the other corner of my eye, up the street, I see this man running down the street. Unbeknownst to me... Jesse had pulled up just as this scenario was going down. And the man was my man. (laughs) And all of a sudden, Jesse was a martial arts expert. And he was leaping over cars through Casarina Way. He was jumping over fences. And all of a sudden, everything went in slow motion. He ripped his shirt off. No, he didn't. (laughs) The music started. And this was the music I heard. And a car exploded and he dodged it. No. Anyway, Jesse comes running. You can keep that music going. And he comes running up to his family. And then all of a sudden, actually pause it for a second. This is a disclaimer. Jesse, actually, whenever I share a story about him, I do ask permission, just so you know. And he wants me to let you all know that he loves animals. Okay, start the music again. (laughs) All those years living in South Auckland, playing rugby for Goodner Rugby, came in and he lined up the kick. I kid you not. He ran hard, fast, strong, and he booted that Alsatian to the curb. Boof! And the Alsatian rolled down Casarina Way, and Jesse was like, You can stop the music now. Give it up for my husband. 
He kicked that dog right out of the park. And um, the dog was okay, all right? The dog was okay. My dog wasn't, but that dog was. Without thinking, I grabbed Duke, my dog, by the scruff and just pegged him over a random stranger's fence. I figured if he was separate, the dog wouldn't come back and it worked. Um, didn't even see if there was another Alsatian in that backyard or a pool or like a nice family having a picnic. I was just like, ah! Like, had to go knock on their door. I was like, hi, um, look, my dog's in your backyard. Anyway, I turned to Jesse and I just said to him, I was like, babe, thank you. And this is the moment. He just looked at me and he goes, darling, I live for moments like these. (laughs) You all thought Jesse was just like in this permanent state of melodic worship unto Jesus. (laughs) He's a wild man. Anyway, but I want to tell you, I can tell, I can actually tell you maybe a handful of times over our marriage of 10 years where Jesse has shown up like that. Like legit one time chased a robber down the street and tackled him into the bushes. I was like, he's left our house. He's no longer our problem. He was like, it's not over. Anyway, There's about half a dozen times where I can tell you Jesse has shown up like that. But this is the point this morning I want to make, and I want to hopefully reveal some beauty in this, is that probably more importantly to me, and probably, I think, more valuable, is that every morning, pretty much, Jess brings me a cup of tea in the morning and says, gives me a kiss, and goes, good morning, babe. And yeah, you can go, oh, what a guy. You see, life is a few big dog-kicking moments, but thousands of cups of teas. And I read about this in Scripture this week, and it's the same with God. You see, He wants to walk with us daily, and there is these high moments, and there is these low moments, but there's thousands, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of daily moments to be had with the Lord to give us strength for the journey. We're doing this series called Strength for the Journey. And this morning, we are continuing on. And um, I really want to encourage you actually to go back to last week and to listen to Pastor Jono's message because it was so powerful. It's a must. So grab the podcast, go back, listen to it because it's an incredible way to start your year as we start Strength for the Journey. And I get to continue on this morning. So we're going to look at Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. And then I'm going to come back to that dog story in just a second. But Isaiah 40, 28 to 31, it says this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. Thank you, Jesus. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But, but, remember when I preach? But means it ain't over yet. But, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not be faint. Let me just pray over that scripture this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and that it's everlasting. We thank you that your word never fails. And God, I pray this morning as we speak that, Lord, you would do your work in Jesus' name. So here's the lowdown on Isaiah. I want to do a little bit of teaching this morning. Here's the lowdown on Isaiah. He was a prophet. Isaiah, and this is important, I'll tell you why. Isaiah is 66 books long, but chapter 40 is the most important part. It's where there's a plot change. It's pivotal. It's monumental, in fact. Chapters 40 to 66 are all about this theme of the journey of a servant. The word servant is the most like mentioned theme in the next um, part of this book. It's written in classical Hebrew poetry, and that's important, and I'll tell you why in just a second. And so that's the lowdown on Isaiah. 
There's three main themes throughout this book, and I want to share those with you as well this morning. The first theme is actually, I think, a little bit funny. In two words, the first 40 chapters could be summed up as we're doomed. Basically, the first 40 chapters go over and over in classic Hebrew poetry saying that the greatest human strength is insufficient to meet the challenges of life. We can't do it. (laughs) We're unable. The greatest human strength is insufficient to meet the challenges of life. No matter how strong you are, you're going to hit some things that you just can't deal with. And so it spends 39 chapters going, we're doomed. We're doomed this way and we're doomed this way. Damascus, you're doomed. Jerusalem, you're doomed. You're all being doomed. You're still doomed. And everything you're doing is making you more doomed. And that's Isaiah. I was like, buddy. (laughs) It's like, not really very popular. And then in chapter 40, he turns it all around and he goes, but... And that's why that word but was so important. And the reason I mention that is because I want you to see this chapter for what it is. And it's a moment in the Bible where God reveals his purest nature and how beautiful it is. He says, but you can actually renew. You can exchange your weakness for God's strength for the journey. Hallelujah. So that can be summed up as we're saved. So it's like we're doomed. Actually, we're saved. And then the third theme is that there is a journey to be had. And it's a daily walking. God loves walking. And the journey isn't what you think. We all think, oh, we're on a journey, and that journey is to slowly making our houses more beautiful. That's my plan for this year. I need a new lounge. You know, we think, oh, the journey is a career pathway. Okay, oh, the journey is definitely to slowly upgrading my car until it's paid off and my house is paid off and I'm going to fish full-time for a living. That's my journey. And they're all wonderful things, but... So I, I just won someone over, like, yes. <laughs> They're all wonderful things. But what is the journey? Because you read this word journey, I'm like, what does it mean? And it's actually so clear in Scripture for the next 26 chapters that the journey is to becoming a servant <laughs> unto the Lord. And so these are the themes of Isaiah, that we're all doomed, or actually we're saved, and there's a journey to be had, and it's to servanthood unto Jesus. Isaiah talks about the servant being himself. He talks about the servant being Israel. That's our community. And he talks about the servant in, in prediction of the Messiah. That is the theme of servanthood. So I'm going to tie that crazy dog story into this biblical text. So who's ready for an ancient history lesson (laughs) in English? Actually, in classical Hebrew. So there is incredible beauty to be found in this scripture if we understand something about the sentence structure. See, ancient poetry, it wasn't um, founded on rhyme but rhythm. And so as the text builds, it reveals what's most important in the scripture. So as we read through, the end of this scripture is actually the most important part of the most important chapter of all Isaiah. So this text builds and builds and builds. You can pop up Isaiah 31 again. That's it. So it says this incredible thing that we will soar like eagles. I love eagles. I was fishing one time and I pulled the fish up out of the water. It was too small. And I threw it back and midair, kid you not, at Kitchen Creek, an eagle caught it before it hit the water. I felt the wind of its wings and I was like, you're amazing. How incredible is soaring? It's amazing, right? I want to soar like on wings of eagles and there will be those moments in my life, the dog Alsatian kicking moments. It says that we will run and this is building to the pinnacle. It says that we will run. Incredible. Unlimited cardio with no pain. Hallelujah. Bring that on. It says then in the climax of this scripture that we will walk. And that's why it's important to look at this. We will walk? I was like, hold the phone. Have you seen walkers? Like professional walkers? 
Not aspirational to me, those sticks and the hips. I'm like, I don't want that. It says that we will walk and we will not be faint. That's the peak. Hear this. Paula Reinhardt said, Neither soaring with wings as eagles nor running is pictured as the climax. Rather, the sought-after prize of walking is presented as the mainstay of a Christian experience. Turn to the person next to you and say, oh, we'd be walking now. (laughs) Tell them. It actually reminds me of God in the garden. I want to walk with you in the garden. I want to be with you. I want to just walk with you. How beautiful is our God? See, staying with God in the mountaintop ain't so hard because it's all good up there. Crying out to him in the valley is a given because you're desperate. (laughs) But what about the monotonous daily routines and rhythms of life? The daily walking, because there is so much beauty and value to be had in this. And this year is holding 365 days and you're going to need to get this rhythm, the daily rhythm of walking with the Lord. Because the scripture evokes here that this is what is actually of utmost importance to God. Utmost importance, the quiet, the private, the daily walking. He wants to give you strength for that journey. I've been married to Jesse for 3,759 days today. (laughs) It still gives me butterflies. But I would say that, yes, the daily rhythms are what is most important. They trump those soaring moments that are rare and far in between. And God is all about this. It reminds me of his original design, how he designed us to walk with him in the garden. It's so beautiful. You know, as I prepared this for you, church, I really felt God's presence on it. I felt him even say to me, yes, Vic, yes. Would you tell them? Would you just tell them? Would you tell them that I want to walk with them this year? Would you tell them that I want the daily? Would you tell them I want to see them in the morning and I want to help them rest their heads down at night? Would you tell them that I want to be there in the boring, the mundane, the normal, where you think you're all alone? I want to be there in that moment. I care about it. I'm interested in you. Would you tell them that I love them? Would you tell them that nothing would separate me from them? Would you tell them I want to hold their hand in the journeys that are going to kind of come this year? And they're going to come. There is going to be things this year that are going to knock you off your feet, but he's going to be there holding you because he's walking with you daily. He is enamored by you and he cares about you. Amen? He cares. He's ca- he cares how we get up in the morning. He cares how we put our kids to bed at night. He cares how we go to school and how we treat our friends. He cares about the daily, those little rhythms. And I'm so convinced he cares about the private, how we are when we're just on our own in his presence. 2023, this year ahead, the year of walking without fainting. How good is that? That's what God has for you. That is his promise. So I have three points um, this morning that I just want to share as I wrap up, actually. And it starts with this. The first point is that this scripture actually starts with hope. So it says that those that hope. So this is a outcome, the exchange of the tired and the weary for the soaring and the running and the walking without fainting. That all happens after your hope is in God. So there's a promise attached to being hopeful. So if you haven't planned this year to be a hopeful person, jot it in your diary of who you want to become. I want to be a person that hopes. I want to be a person that hopes for the future, that is a hopeful person, that hopes. Now, hope is not optimism. Biblical hope is so different to the hope of this world. So you can be optimistic. You know, my grandma was one of the most optimistic people I ever knew, my dad's mum. 
Like glass half full at all times. Glass could be empty and she'd be like, what a delicious cup of tea. Like she was so optimistic. She's Irish, really superstitious. And um, one time, this is how optimistic she was. One time, oh, it was horrible. She hopped up off the couch and she lived alone and she stepped forward and twisted her knee and she couldn't get either to her bed or back to the couch. So she just laid down on the floor and she was meant to be going to bed at that night. She couldn't reach her phone. So she grabbed a pillow off the couch, grabbed a blanket off the couch and just slept there the night. When we found out the next day, we were mortified. We were like, Nana, she was in her 70s. I was like, it's not okay. We need to get you more help. What's going on? She goes, oh, darling, I've never been camping. <laughs> I remember that. And she goes, and now I've had an at-home luxury camping experience. <laughs> That's optimism. That's looking at the situation and kind of making it good. But when I read the Bible, it actually calls a spade a spade. They're really descriptive with the rubbish that we deal with in humanity. They actually talk about it a lot. They actually call it a spade a spade, like this is rubbish, but 40 chapters of we're doomed, but those that put their hope where? Not in the, like the world to tell you to turn your frown upside down and see everything good and, and like this, but actually the Bible just says, but our only hope is actually in the Lord. But those that hope... And biblical hope is actually about anticipation, expectation, and expecting God to do what? To eventually redeem the world. So we think our hope is going, oh, it's going to be a great year. And yes, I hope it is. But biblical hope is actually going in the end, like in the very end, like in the end of my life, in the end of all this. The biblical hope is actually in that that he is going to redeem the whole world, the whole universe. He's going to conquer dead and evil, and we're all going to be redeemed. That is what biblical hope actually is. It's all through the Bible, and that is how we as Christians are meant to walk daily, living with a kind of hope that no matter what, we're all good. And it's only to be found in Jesus. It's only to be found in God. Because there are going to be things that no matter which way you look at it, they're just bad coming up this year. But... Those that hope in the Lord will be renewed. So thankful for him. And so we wait. And so we wait. But in the waiting, something else happens, this great exchange. And my second point is it builds with a great exchange. It says that those who are tired and weary can actually exchange those feelings for soaring, for running and walking without fainting. And tired and weary, tired is of the body, but weary is of the soul. And I've, I've experienced both. And it says that either of those things you can bring unto God and in your hope in him, he will exchange it for his beautiful renewal and he'll exchange it and give you what you need to get through this walk while we're waiting for him and come to finish the whole thing. So he takes the tired and the weary and he gives us strength. Hallelujah. And the third point is, is that the end goal, so it starts with hope, it builds with a great exchange and the end goal is to become a servant. I want to say it over and over and over. If you're serving, you're on the journey. The end goal is to become a servant. There is so much beauty to be found in that because that's what exists within our God. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they're serving one another before time began and they will forever and they invite us into that dance. And Jesus, what was he? A servant. So who must we become? Servants. And as you do, it is just heaven and beauty. The more you serve to accomplish God's will amidst challenge is our goal. Amen? Oh, got quiet there. I don't want to. It hurts. Yeah. But he's with you in that. There's a beautiful quote um, that I want to share with you, and it's about a servant. It says, The servant is God's instrument 
fully yielded to his purpose. He accomplishes the Lord's will because he gives himself totally into his hands. As such, he provides the ultimate example and challenge for those who would choose to follow his Lord. That's us. We're servants. We give ourselves totally unto God and let him do the rest. Um, the band, you guys can come up now. I'm actually going to finish up and I, I um, want to share a couple more things and then, then finish up. It's my prayer. I actually mean that I prayed for you this week and last night and this morning. It's my prayer that you would have strength for the journey this year. It's my prayer that you would put your hope in God. You would allow him to do the great exchange where he exchanges your tiredness, your weariness and helps you soar and run and walk. It's my hope that we would keep our eyes on the prize this year and not get distracted. And that prize is serving him. He loves you so much. He just loves you so much with a father's love. You know, I'm not a father, but I'm a mother. And my son, Theodore, he was just a little baby. He was about one year old and he was asleep in his bed. And my mum came over and I made her, I was making her a cup of tea. And then Theodore started grizzling. I could hear him and I was like, oh, I, I knew exactly what he needed. I said to my mum, oh, mum, can you just run into his room and, and tighten his fitted sheet? She goes, what? I was like, oh, he needs his fitted sheet tightened. She goes, huh? <laughs> I said, I was doing this. I was like, you know, like this. She goes, what? I said, just go tighten his fitted sheet. Mum ran in, she tightened his fitted sheet and she watched him because he slept on his tummy. And I know, I'm his mama. He sleeps on his tummy and he rubs his hands like this and he doesn't like creases. If there's a crease there, he don't go to sleep. I'm his mama. I know all about him. So she tightened his fitted sheet and she came out in awe. She's like, it worked. I was like, I know. I'm his mum. Don't like creases. Fitted sheet. And our Father in heaven is the same about you. He knows all those funny things about you. He loves it. When you crack a joke, he laughs. I made that. He's like, I made that sense of humour. When you're enjoying the world he created, surfing and fishing, time with your family, brings him joy. When you have a win at work or a loss at work, he is with you. He's a loving father. If you're feeling anything today except his love and acceptance, you need to kick those feelings aside and let his love pour into your heart. Right now, I just love everyone to close your eyes, bow your heads, because I sense there's people here today that are actually feeling like guilt and condemnation as I shared that. And I want to deal with that before we go any further. So if that's you this morning and you're feeling either separate from God or like not close to Him because of something that's been in your life, I want to pray for you. And even this morning, I also want to pray for people to give their hearts to God. So first of all, if you want to give your heart to God and start a relationship with Him and accept His love into your heart, would you just wave your hand at me this morning? I'm going to pray with you. If that's you this morning, awesome. Thank you. Anyone else this morning want to accept Jesus into their heart? When I was talking about that love, you were like, I want it. Awesome. And anyone else just want to get right with God? You know Him, but maybe you haven't been feeling His love for a while. If that's you this morning, just wave your hand at me. I'm going to pray with you. Awesome. Awesome. God's moving in this place already. Dear Lord Jesus, I just ask you now to come into every heart in this room. God, for people that didn't know you before they walked in, I pray they know you now, God, that you would um, that they would accept you into their heart, believe in you and walk with you every day. And God, people that are feeling anything but your love, I pray, God, that your love would just pour out like a flood over this room right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, I'm keen to finish and hand this over to the Holy Spirit. So if you want, would you all stand up to your feet? So what we've been doing over January is we've been worshipping. We've been worshipping after our preach and just letting God do His thing. So we've got plenty of time. 
Um, So I would actually love right now, church, if you want to commit this year to God, if you want strength for the journey, if you want to put your hope in Him, if you want to allow Him to make a great exchange of weariness into strength, I would love even right now that you would just come and fill this whole front section, fill the eyes, come out with your partners, come out with your kids if you need to, and let's just begin to worship God and let the Holy Spirit now do His work in Jesus' Name. Come on, don't wait. Amen. Garden is a life-giving church with a passionate commitment to help people grow in a loving relationship with Jesus, to gather in a faith-filled community, and to go and make a difference in our world. Find out more at gardenchurch.com. That's G-A-R-D-N church.com. Or on Instagram and Facebook at Garden Church. That's G-A-R-D-N church.